listening to Remedial Juggernomics, a song-by-song journey through the careers of the insane clown posse. Because every other podcast seems to be about true crime these days, and there's no way rapping murder clowns would overlap with that genre, right? Right? Oh. Hey guys, uh, you are back, you are listening to Remedial Juggernomics, as me from 15 seconds ago just told you, we're back. We've been on a bit of a, of a down slope, if you've been paying attention. Guts on the ceiling sort of started the tilt, and then Is That You? Kid Rock showed up and really just darkened my day, and I really wanted to start off this episode by saying, but you know what turned it around? Night of the Axe. And I really do want to say that. Unfortunately, I kind of can't. Real quick, just a little bit of housekeeping out of the way. I do apologize if there's a little bit of a delay. My original intention with this podcast was to try and get out at least two episodes every week. Because that would keep me on task and keeping all of this stuff getting to you as quickly as I can and keeping me focused. Unfortunately... I have been in the middle of moving out of an apartment and into another one while also doing some Shakespearean stuff. Because when I'm not talking about the Insane Clown Posse, I am trying to, you know, do theater and act and stuff like that. Anyway, it's all my fault. I'll try and be better in the future. With that out of the way, let's talk about Night of the Axe, shall we? Night of the Axe is absolutely going back on brand to what I was thinking this entire album was going to be. Like I mentioned in Is That You, I thought it was going to be a full-on concept album that was just about fanciful, carnival-esque murder sprees. And that was sort of what I signed up for, and that was what I was expecting. This is a return to form very similar to The Juggler. In fact, Incredibly similar to the Juggler, the phrase Knight of the Axe is referenced within the Juggler itself, so this is almost like a direct sequel to what is established there. Most of the subject matter of the song is really nothing that crazy or groundbreaking from what has been presented before. We have a psychopath who is running around naked and killing people with an axe. It is brought up... Over 80 deaths occur within the song Night of the Axe. They're not described person to person, but they are mentioned. There are also some weird things that happen. You would expect just straight-on murder and straight-on, like, slasher tendencies, which are absolutely emphasized, but not, like, in a fun way. It's not a thing of actually paying attention to what makes a slasher film kind of interesting. Even the basis slasher film, which is built just for, we're going to have creative kills, and we're just going to get annoying teenagers, and we're going to kill them, you still have to have the killer get a little bit of comeuppance. Usually there's some kind of heroic figure. That doesn't really happen in this song at all, which is, I'm trying to find the lyrics right here. I'll go ahead and tell you, this song does a little bit of magic, a little bit of wizardry, because it's only about four and a half minutes, and it feels like a ten-minute song. That's just me being honest. This feels like a very long song. There are, like, four verses. There are interludes and, like, spoken word dialogues that happen. 
But here's essentially the the last verse describing his comeuppance that happens. I'll try and edit it again. Because when they finally call it quits, I'll be there to cut their necks. And that's what I did. I hate an effing pig. I'll get a job at the donut shop just to poison a cop. Ha! Kleptopathic, and I'll F you up with a straitjacket. Because they finally caught me, broke my legs, and shot me. But I'm still laughing because of what happened on the night of the axe. Which, I'll go ahead and tell you, that is not an exciting finale to a slasher film at all. It's really weird. Also, uh, a little bit more of a leitmotif of let's be really weird towards women. And I want to go ahead and emphasize, I get that that Violent J is, is portraying a fictional character. I get that. But why would he make this fictional character that is consistently him be this weird? There's a... He starts off at a high school prom and just starts killing people while also being butt naked because that's what's going to happen. If he's going to be killing people, Violent J is he's getting butt naked, all right? It's like the movie Bronson, except instead of Tom Hardy, it's... Well, it's Violent J. Which, now that I think about it, I kind of want, like, Tom Hardy to be at least one half of the duo of the Insane Clown Posse in a biopic in the near future. Hollywood, get at me. Uh, you can just send me a check for $100,000 for that idea, because it's dynamite, and check it out. Anyway, he is going around, and he ends up coming across some some girls in a bathroom. Again, I'm going to try and edit this, but... MFers think I'm sick. You ever seen a bee take a... Poop? F that. Let her dookie self be, cause females pooping is news to me. Which is... How can he not know that girls poop? They're... They're humans. I, it's a hot take. It's a real hot take on remedial jagonomics, but let's go ahead and say it. Women are people. I know, I know. I'm gonna get roasted on Twitter for this. Oh god, it's 2019. I probably might get roasted on Twitter for this. Oh, life is terrible sometimes. <laughs> anyway, still, I stand by it. This this is not like news that only got developed within the past few years. They knew about this in 1991. But... I digress. He moves around. He slaughters a family in their home. Uh, I think he also kills a dog, which is... That's not a great way to get people on your side. Gets pulled over by the cops, and then... Here's where things get... Bad. Heavy sigh. Sound effect. Just insert that. Heavy sound.exe. Verse 3. I'm gone, and I ditched the ride, and left the dead Wilsons inside. Jettin', and I'm hoppin' fences. Finna do like my man in Killeen, Texas. Now, when I first listened to this, I was basically like, eh, this song's not really my favorite, but it's it's doing what it's doing. It's kind of repetitive, and it's a little bit just doing the same thing that the juggler did. Even the beat sounds very similar. And then I came across the line, Finna do it like my man in Killeen, Texas. And I got curious, because I'm like, that's very specific, and it's not Detroit-based. Okay, let's go look up Killing Texas. Eh, you can find it. It's uh, it's actually right next to Fort Hood, Texas. Nothing too interesting there. Well, let's look a little bit in the 90s. And then I came across something that bummed me out for the rest of the day. So, to confirm what the introductory thing made a claim of, yeah, we're going to have to get a little bit of true crime here 
for a minute. I apologize, but I feel that I would be remiss in my duties if I didn't bring this up. So, I look this up, and I find out about what was known at the time as the Luby's shooting or the Luby massacre. I want to tell you about the man in Killeen, Texas, who was uh, one George Hennard, who on October 16th, 1991 drove his Ford Ranger through the glass uh, entrance of a cafeteria that was populated with about 150 people, drove through there, pulled out two pistols, and began systematically shooting people within the cafeteria. At the end of the day, there were confirmed 23 people killed and 27 wounded after a brief shootout where he was shot a couple of times in the abdomen by police, he then uh, took his own life. That's just the introduction. That's just to get you started. At the time, it was the deadliest mass shooting in the U.S. So, that's pretty bad. What's even worse is the fact that it's nowadays only the sixth deadliest because USA and we love scoreboards. Even if it's the worst thing in the world, and there are definitely things that could be done to try and help ameliorate this, but no one actually will do that, and I'm getting on a soapbox. Let's get down to the details, shall we? Now, if you were a rapper from Detroit, and you were like, yeah, man, I want people to know that I'm crazy, that I'm psychotic, why would you reference this guy? I get that he's a murderer, but it was a lot of possible motives for why he did what he did. Let's talk a little bit about George Hennard. Uh, this information, a lot of it came mainly just through Wikipedia. You can look it up. I also found an article that was published at the time uh, in People Magazine, of all places, but it does a pretty good job kind of giving you a good sense of what all was going on. According to reports from people within the cafeteria, after he drove his truck through the plate glass window... Hennard yelled, quote, All women of Killeen and Belton are vipers. This is what you've done to me and my family. This is what Bell County did to me. This is payback day. He then uh, started firing and was apparently picking out women specifically to shoot. Uh, of the 23 people that he killed, 10 of them were single shots to the head, which is grisly and cold-blooded. And awful. It is almost a miracle that it was only 23 people um, that were that their lives were taken that day, given the amount of people in that space and all that. According to reports, he was described as reclusive and belligerent. An ex-roommate of his went on record saying, quote, he hated blacks, Hispanics, gays. He said women were snakes and always had derogatory remarks about them, especially after fights with his mother. So there is definitely an undercurrent of just hatred of women, hatred of, of non-white individuals, of non-typical, you know, uh, I guess, whatever, baseline white people. He had a problem with them. That's not a good look. That's not a good look to reference in your song. And I say that because if that line was not in there, if that line was not in there, the this episode would just be being like, eh, you know, it's basically the juggler. It's not, it's not groundbreaking or anything like that, but it's whatever. But no, they forced my hand 
by referencing this actual real-life thing that is a, a tragedy and is terrible. And I hate it. And why would you... I don't know. Like, I, I don't want to ascribe any kind of really weird ill intent. If anything, I want to say it's it's ignorance of the full grasp of what this is because it is like most shootings it's an angry white dude who hates women and feels like the world owes him something you know and i'm really sick of hearing that and i don't want it to show up number one on a song i'm trying to listen to for enjoyment purposes and number two on something that i have to talk about because it does bum me out real life horrible things they can bring me down you know and it's hard to find the funny in that and i feel like a lot of you guys are listening for for humorous purposes i'm trying to be in depth with this i'm trying to be engaging and a little bit educational but sometimes stuff just happens and i have to kind of talk about it it's not a great feeling and i just feel disappointed that I even have to bring this up. And I get that this is 1991. This is a long time ago. Okay? I would have been two years old when this happened. So, just to give you an idea of my age. Anyway, with uh, that out of the way, I'm sorry. I went on a really weird tangent here, and I'm super sorry about that. Again, it was not my intention when starting Remedial Juggonomics to be like, oh, we need to talk about some real-life heinous stuff. I wanted imaginary things about a dude with an axe going around and going on a, on a pretend spree and maybe not referencing an actual real-life thing that was contemporaneous with the time. It's just, it is what it is. So I guess now I have to rank it, right? Because of the rules I have made for myself, I have to rank it. And, again, it's sort of the same thing with Is That You on a different way, on a really worse way, even. Because the rest of the song is dumb and ignorant and still a little bit misogynistic. But the fact that it brings up this real-life thing just brings me down. Brings me down to the depths. But I can't give it the bottom spot. I'm wanting something to knock out the Carnival of Carnage weird soundscape. I really am. But the rest of the song is capable. It is something. The beat feels almost the exact same as the Juggler, even though it isn't. I double-checked, but it feels very similar to me. And the song feels like it goes on forever, but it's still an actual song. So... With that being said, and with maybe the most defeated tone I've had since the start of this show, uh, sometimes you have to, you, you either you laugh to keep from crying, man. You gotta clap or you snap, you know? So going in underneath the juggler at the new number eight, Night of the Axe. There. That's out of the way. I hope I don't have to think about that again. And I'm really hoping that I don't have to look at any, like, more references to real-life horrible, terrible people. Because that's not it's not what I want in my life. In a weird way, I have taken some positive things out of these songs. And I hope that I can continue to. 
I really do. I want them to surprise me. But when they don't surprise me, when they go to what I expect them to be, they're letting me down in a certain way. The juggler let me down by being weak with its flow and its rhyme schemes and all that stuff. And this one let me down by taking me out of the narrative they were telling. And again, I just, I think it would be chalked up to ignorance, but again, I feel like I had to bring that up. It got me curious, and I had to dig a little bit deeper, and then I came across all this. So yeah, mass shootings. Not a fan, don't think anyone should be, so there you go with that. Alright, switching up gears. Hopefully, we are done with Night of the Axe. The next song we will be looking at will be... And it's called Psychopathic. Cool. Awesome. Well, we're gonna hope for the best on this one. Oh... Oh, let's all hope for the best. And I really am. I do want this next one to be good. I don't want to have to get on a weird soapbox and spend half the episode talking about something that isn't Juggalo music. I want it to be fun. So, next episode, Psychopathic. We're going to go in optimistic. If you would like to talk to me more, maybe help cheer me up and keep me optimistic. We can all be optimistic together. You can find me on Twitter at It's Gosset Yo, or you can find me on Instagram at SuperGosset64. I will usually just be posting photos of me goofing off at rehearsals or recording this very podcast. There's a little bit of wiggle room in between, but that's usually what's going on for right now. In addition, you can check out some other fantastic podcasts that I'm a part of. I am a part of Unfollow the Revolution. We are midway through our season four finale. We're doing a lot of really good stuff, and I'm super proud of it. You should check it out if and you have the chance. And if you wanted just a weird off-the-wall suggestion for something to listen to, might I suggest the AE Podcast. It's the Attitude Era Podcast. You've probably heard of it, and uh, if you like pro wrestling, you've definitely heard of it. An Irishman and two lovely fellows from England talk about pro wrestling, primarily WWE stuff. It's really entertaining. They don't need my publicity, but by gum, they're going to get it anyway. For Remedial Juggonomics, I've been Gossett, and keeping up with last episode, whoop whoop, y'all. Whoop whoop.